and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicast.com. My name is Abhishek and before we start with this podcast there's a special announcement for all our listeners. You can get the Forbes India app now on iPad as well as Android through the Maxter app. We've just released it and the Apple Newsstand app will be available very soon and until November 30th all issues will be available for free. Check it out. And coming back to the cover story, this cover story is about a man who has quite the rare honor of being loved by some of the most successful entrepreneurs in India but at the same time his political career carries a blot or, or let's say an alleged blot since the 2002 Gujarat riots took place. Uh, Narendra Modi has had quite an eventful decade and uh, joining me to talk about his cover story is senior Nara uh, senior editor Dinesh Narayanan on the other side. Hi Dinesh, nice to have you back. Hi Abhishek, how are you? I'm doing good. And you've chosen one of the most colorful, controversial personalities to be up on the cover because he's got a pretty mixed past in the last decade. Incidentally, it coincides with the Naroda Patia verdict that uh, took place just about a few weeks back where 32 people were sentenced. So could you take us through what your story is about? Yeah, I mean, the verdict was completely unexpected. I mean, I didn't know that it was going to come exactly smack in the middle of my visit to Gujarat. But Narendra Modi is a very interesting subject. Of course, he is controversial, but he's also one of the guys who is credited with turning around a state, which was not exactly turning around a state. I mean, taking the state to great heights as far as industrial growth and agricultural growth and in general de- deliverance of uh, governance is concerned. And also he is going to go into elections a few months from now. So December is when the elections would be held in the normal course, even though they have not yet been announced or scheduled. But in the normal course, it should be held in December. So that's the reason why we decided to do a story on Narendra Modi and see for ourselves on the ground what exactly is happening and how true is the claim which is made by he himself as well as the government and in general what the media talks about. As you would have noticed that he has attracted global attention, not just India. Time magazine carried him on the cover. Economist has written quite glowingly about him. That's exactly what we want to check out, what is happening in Gujarat. And how different is Gujarat today, let's say, as compared to 10 years ago? Because you keep traveling a lot and uh, we've spoken about that before. You've traveled to North India. You, that's where you're based. When you compare Gujarat with other states and Gujarat with itself, how much have things changed since 2002? And here I'm only talking about the infrastructure at the common man's level. Yeah, to give an example, I was last in Gujarat in 2002, January. So this was just exactly one year after the earthquake, Gujarat earthquake, which happened on 26th January of 2001. Bhuj. Yeah, Bhuj earthquake. And then I was back there one year after the earthquake. I was part of a media team which had gone there to see the reconstruction efforts and all that around Bhuj and Kutch and all those regions which were very badly affected by the quake. We could very obviously see that the entire region was quite devastated by the earthquake. But in that one year's time, the entire region had been rebuilt. All the roads were brand new, very well built. The bridges had been rebuilt, the ones which had collapsed. Rows and rows and rows of houses had been built for earthquake victims. A lot of money had poured into Gujarat at that time, relief money from across the world, from NRI Gujaratis, from within the country. A lot of institutions, all of them had pitched in. And the reconstruction effort was simply dazzling. Within a year, the entire region had almost come back to, you can't call it normalcy, but to some semblance of normalcy as far as infrastructure is concerned. So that was one thing which struck me in Gujarat. That was the first time I was going to Gujarat. And Ahmedabad as, as a city, even then, it had a lot of other qualities, like you know, it was very safe for women, even in the night. Women could walk around the streets 
unaccompanied by anybody in the middle of the night which which all gave you a comfort factor as far as safety is concerned and one of the most successful government programs in gujarat is called the jyotigram yojana which is providing electricity to everybody a 24 hour electricity to every home and industry so to do that it was a very interesting thing which they did they created an entirely new grid which would solely cater to agricultural sector so you had this two parallel grids one was for households and the other was for uh, farmers and industry the household connections were always a single phase connection so these used to get 24 hour electricity this started getting 24 hour electricity which was assured and the farmers got an assured 8 hours of electricity usually in the night which they could use for their pump sets earlier what used to happen is that power supply was erratic there was uh, load shedding at unscheduled hours and it applied both to households as well as farms as well as industry now that thing is gone there is a certain assurance that even if it is 8 hours the farmers know that the electricity will come at these scheduled times and they would be able to run their pump sets and households obviously had to uh, had the 24 hour electricity which was one of the most interesting innovations which they have done there now i am told that you know bihar is trying to replicate it and probably other states also might follow so what does modi do that other states don't seem to pull off for instance every minister or every politician would love to have uh, to borrow a cliche from marketing a clear positioning in the minds of both the businessmen who bring in investments in that state and also in the minds of the people of that state who bring in the votes now modi is popular with both these classes so what do you think from your interaction with people who are close to modi and politicians there did you gather that what does he strive to be known as in one word he wants to be known as uh, vikas purush which is a man dedicated to development and it is an adjective which you see all over gujarat vikas purush modi one of the reasons why he is able to do it in gujarat is that there are actually two three factors one of them is that gujarat is a reasonably homogeneous state as far as the population is concerned so about 90% of people are hindus and about 10% are other religions the gujarati people are in general enterprising and understand value very well when they see value in something this you can see even in the equity culture and the saving culture of gujarat which has been there for many decades gujaratis have been high savers and there were industries in gujarat early on the first chief minister of gujarat dr jivraj mehta is the first one who started many of the public sector units and laid the foundation for the pharmaceutical industry in gujarat which has stood the state in very good stead later on somebody like uh, madhav singh solanki came and he said that you know one of the things which you should have is that you should have an industrial park in every tehsil of the state each one of the 184 tehsils in the state you should have that what modi did was that modi came and shook up the administration and increased the efficiency of the administration through a lot of systems and processes like e governance platforms he connected all the village administration even to the local administration level he connected everything on an e governance platform where they could do video conferencing they could have real time assessment of programs they could monitor them from the headquarters and they had a monitoring system of files which file is moving where and how long it is taken so the entire bureaucracy was put to good work today for example i have given this example in the story as well if you want to apply for a driving license then you can apply it online you want to apply for a job you can do it online a lot of job applications are accepted only online so you can see a lot of these systems and processes have been brought in which helps a lot but along with all the you know vikas there is bhrashtachar 
like you have corruption which is quite mm. endemic in all states and gujarat need not be an exception maybe there is less of it with your interaction with some of the businessmen there considering they are an inter- enterprising lot there are far more businessmen in gujarat than in other states what is their take on corruption i'm sure even they would have had to pay things under the table so how is it out there i spoke to many businessmen and most of them said that corruption is not gone from the state in fact one or two people said that it has actually increased in some areas and they also give some reasons of that for example the government has recruited a large number of contract employees they include police constables forest officers electricity workers teachers and health workers and all these things so many people say that since the salaries were they, they are paid a pittance compared to what the permanent employees get for example when they were initially recruited they were hired at a salary of 2500 this is fixed pay 2500 for 5 years now that's a very low salary this is one reasoning which people give me that because these people were very low paid they obviously tried to make some extra money by getting bribes from the public but at the same time a lot of top businessmen have a red carpet for them so one of the small businessmen there told me and he told me that you know these things are available only the top ones for us generally things have improved in terms of uh, systems and processes which we need to conduct our business things have improved but we still need to pay speed money for a lot of things now speed money is the term he used which means to get things done quicker he said we still have to pay that so a lot of middle rung officials obviously i would think are still taking bribes and not just on the business front your article talks about uh, and also we've been reading a lot more about this lately is about malnutrition and infant mortality which is still pretty high in the state and uh, another thing that you point out which was a startling figure is that uh, in the last 16 years the net jobs created in gujarat were just 24000 each year which is not a great thing to have on your resume right absolutely how does this man manage to impress upon people that he's doing a great job things just don't seem to add up when you read these kinds of things how can you explain that dinesh i really don't have an answer to that why enough jobs have not been created one of the reasons why the net jobs figure is low is because the government has not been recruiting for many years now so earlier for example in 81 the government had recruited large number of people in batches 40 50000 people in batches so the last major recruitment i am told happened in 87 which was about 5 6000 people at one go but after that the recruitments have been piecemeal and since modi had uh, come to power he has recruited only mostly people on contract uh, the second thing which is what i am really perplexed about is that why the private sector has not been able to create as many jobs as the kind of money which has been invested in that state still a mystery to me i mean these are figures from the socio economic review for 2011 12 so it would have to be very current figures one of the reasons i could probably think of is that even in in the private sector a lot many people might be recruited on contract so i suspect one of the reason is that the contract labor probably is not getting captured i'm not sure about that though but that must be the reason why this number in the socio economic review is very low but it's really a mystery why so much of capital has not been able to produce proportionate number of jobs and about malnutrition and the other part of it which is a little more serious yeah one of the reasons for malnutrition number being so high is also the eastern tribal belt of gujarat from whatever i have heard the government has tried uh, quite a bit but still the number remains quite high infant mortality has actually come down but not as much as at a level which you would like it to be i can only say that probably the reason is that the government has not done enough if we move on from his how he's liked or hated among the masses if we move on to his own political party how is he standing among the people that he leads his colleagues his subordinates did you have any chance to talk to a few people close to him as to how he's perceived among his own ilk 
Uh, yes, I did have a chance to speak to some people who, who have known him for long and known him well. One thing that comes across is that he does not brook any opposition from anybody. He is his own master and he would like to keep it that way. Only his writ runs. Anything else he would try and stamp it down as much as possible. So in the run-up to the elections that will happen sooner, what are some of his priorities or bullet points of his campaign now that he's achieved a bit more than what other states have or what Gujarat was a few years back? Is it going to be again Vikas and development? Is he going to stomp more of the same again or is it something else this time? Yes, his vision or whatever he conveys as his vision is uh, again development. He does not talk much about anything else. For example, he does not react to even all the barbs thrown by the opposition at him, whether it is Keshubhai Patel or Gordon Jadafia or Congress party. It doesn't matter. He just does not react to them. He has not reacted to, uh, personally reacted to the Naroda Patiya judgment, for instance. So he is not. He is only talking about, in all his speeches, every all his interactions, he is talking about development. He is talking about bringing more industrial growth to Gujarat more agriculture goes to Gujarat and bringing Gujarat to the forefront of economic development in India. And he says that if you adopt the Gujarat model across the country, then India will also grow the same way as Gujarat is growing. That is his vision. And, and you've uh, probably attended a few of his speeches also. I have listened to some of his speeches online. Plus, I just attended one function recently where he spoke for about 45 minutes, a farmer's convention, a global farmer's convention, agriculture convention. And he does some of the right things also. For instance, uh, today's Indian Express headline says that Gutka ban in Gujarat to come effect from Tuesday. He does some things which go down well with uh, the people around him too, although it might not get them taxes, but he does some of the right things. Yeah, I mean, like what you said, there are a lot of things which he has done. I mean, make no mistake. The only question which people raise is that whether this would have been possible if it was not such a mandate, two-thirds mandate in the assembly, and if he didn't have such kind of a mandate, and if he had not decimated his political opposition from within the party as well as outside, if he did not have such kind of power vested with him currently, would he have been able to do it? Would he be able to survive in a sort of environment where politics is much more fluid, like the central government is, the state of central government is right now, where the prime minister keeps talking about coalition compulsions. Will he be able to function in a coalition? You know, if the party comes to power with a much reduced majority, let's say 10 or 15 seats or even less than that, like some parties function in other states, will it be possible then to do all the things which he has done? Right now, he is the only one and he can take a decision and then nobody can question it at the moment. Now, whether it is possible also in other kinds of political circumstances is a Huge question. And consensus from the people I've spoken with is that he will not be able to. He's not a man who likes to debate through things. He likes to order and get things done. We'll only see whether or not he gets to be the top guy someday. Thanks a lot, Dinesh, for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Abhishek. Welcome. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as TheIndicast.com. And subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to get a Forbes India magazine or someone call you back, for a subscription, message Forbes to 51818. That's Forbes to 51818.